Welcome to the In the Scriptures podcast. The following Bible lesson was previously recorded. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I want to welcome you to our time together uh, in this Bible study, this video Bible lesson, and uh, hope that you'll open your Bible and study with us tonight. I want to remind you that we are meeting for Bible study back inside the building at Sandlin Road right now on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock and then also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, we have Bible classes as well and then worship at 11 and then a time of worship and Bible study Sunday evenings beginning at 5. So I'd like for you to come and join us uh, in the building in person if you uh, are able to. Uh, if not, we're glad that you're joining us here and hope that you'll uh, benefit from this Bible study and uh, also share it with others uh, as you have an opportunity. If you got your Bible, I'd invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and we'll start there here in just a moment. I want to kind of pose a question and a thought to you uh, as we start tonight, and that is, um, you know, have you, ever, have you ever thought to yourself about the times that you complain and how often it is, what it's about, and maybe more often we think about hearing other people complain, and maybe that um, stands out to us and jumps out at us in a sense, and uh, maybe we even get frustrated to hear uh, people complaining so much. In the Bible, there are a number of examples of complainers and murmurers, as the Old Testament word is used. Uh, to describe one who complains, and especially against God in the Old Testament. And we often think about the children of Israel as they were in their time coming out of bondage of Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, and they often complained against God and God's leader, Moses. Um, and they murmured and expressed their discontent in a number of ways a number of times. And often as we study that, we just think, man, why did they do that? And we maybe think to ourselves, well, I, I certainly I wouldn't have been that way. But if we really take a hard look in the mirror, we may find that you and I complain an awful lot too. And then we might find it very convicting to read a verse like we find in Philippians 2, in, verses, in verse 14 especially, where the command is given to us, do all things without complaining and disputing. My, oh, my, how many of us are at fault right there before that verse? Right there, just with that one thought. How many of us are guilty as charged by the Scriptures here when it tells us to do all things without complaining and disputed, disputing? It may be that there are some who are having a hard time doing anything without complaining. Maybe others of us are having a hard time with certain aspects of life without complaining. And it really is something to think about, something to dwell on as an individual. And to, th to just kind of ask ourselves, what is the source of our complaint? What, what's the source of our dispute? What's the source of our grumbling? Why is it that we have become such complainers? And in many ways that may be answered with 
the idea or the fact or the realization that we are a very blessed people and we have so much that we are able to enjoy, so much that we should be thankful for and grateful for. And so when any one thing seems to be out of place, it becomes very evident to us and maybe in some ways strikes us hard because we're so used to so many things being in place and being done right for us. So I want us tonight to just kind of think about that and ask ourselves if we have tended to be somebody who complains a lot, can we change that? Can we change our attitude? Can we change our actions? Can we change our way of thinking and do what we're told here by the Apostle Paul to do all things without complaining and disputing? In that text there in Philippians 2, he goes on and uh, further it says this. He says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So in giving us this teaching about doing all things without complaining and disputing, he points out the goal ultimately is to be blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, shining as lights among them, holding fast the word of life so that there can be rejoicing in the day of Christ. And all of that is a, a worthy cause, and that's things that we should all be interested in striving for as followers of Christ. And yet again, one of the ways in which we can really come up short of that is by becoming complainers, disputers, being argumentative, instead of looking for the good and trying to encourage. Well, I want us to look at another text together. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the lead into chapter 10 really begins obviously back in chapter 9. And I might point out in chapter 9 verse 24, uh, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he said, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And so he gives this analogy of one that's running a race, running for a prize. And he says in verse 26 and 27, Therefore I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I myself should become disqualified. So he's, he's taking this hard look at himself and saying, I discipline my own body, I bring it into subjection. And that's an important thing for each of us to consider in our lives and our walk as Christians is that we control our own body, our own actions, our own thoughts, our own attitudes, our own words. We, we're in control of that. No one else is. We are. And there are outside influences, pressures. Um, there are going to be those things that stimulate us in a certain way, poke and pride at us in a certain way. But ultimately, we are the ones that are in control of all of those faculties. 
And then in 1 Corinthians 10, he, he gives us really some, some deep teaching in the first 13 verses. And that's what I want us to focus for the majority of the rest of our time on. So read with me 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 13. And then we're going to make some applications in thinking about how we can really get off track with complaining and disputing. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And he's talking, I want to stop here to make sure we understand what's going on. He's talking about the Israelites, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, when Moses was leading them toward the promised land, leading them through the Red Sea, leading them through the wilderness, providing for them during that time. And ultimately it was still God, it was still Christ that was, that was providing uh, during that time. They were all part of God's plan and those that were the children of God during that time. And that's important to remember, okay? They were God's people during this time. However, we learned some really key things from them. Not from what they did good, but from what they did bad. Start reading then again with me in verse 5. He says, But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So just stop there and realize that that generation died out in the wilderness. It was the younger generation that actually was able to go to the land of Canaan, that older Adult generation died in the wilderness because of their complaining, murmuring, their disbelief, and their struggle ultimately with God. All right, go into verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Now notice verse 10. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. So here's warnings. Don't, let's not do these same things. Let's not make the same mistakes that these did that cost them the opportunity to go into the promised land. And then beginning with verse 11, he says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So all of this happened to be an example for us to learn from them. And so then he teaches us in verse 12, Therefore... Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Further, he teaches in verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But, with God, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, this is really some rich teaching for us, but especially in the context of thinking about our common complaining and disputing, arguing, grumbling. You know, really God has blessed us beyond 
our understanding, beyond our needs, beyond measure. And especially when we consider the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ, even if all kinds of troubles are faced in this world, in this physical life, we have promise of the life that is to come. And when we look back at the examples of the children of Israel in the Old Testament and we see the mistakes that they made in turning away from God, rebelling against God, just not listening to God and complaining against God, you and I should be motivated to not repeat the same, to not do those same things. And instead to take a careful look at ourselves and be sure that we stand in a good place in our relationship with God to take heed lest we fall. We also need to remember what is taught there in verse 13 that when it comes to temptation, we're all tempted. We're all tempted by the same things ultimately and God is not going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to handle. And sometimes we feel like a lot of things are coming at us in life and it's very difficult and the knee-jerk reaction on our part is to complain, to grumble. Maybe we're not so quick to look for the way of escape, to look for the way that God has promised He will provide for us to be able to bear it, to get through it, to endure it. So I really want to encourage you and I tonight as we think about this to strive to complain less. And maybe just as important to catch ourselves when we do begin to complain and let's ask ourselves real quickly, why am I really complaining? And then further, what can I do to change this? Is it something that I need to just have patience with and not make a fuss about right now? Is it something that I can actually help by assisting, doing something that I'm capable of doing to remedy the situation, to take care of a need? Is it something that I'm just being selfish about? And I need to stop and consider others and realize in looking to God and in my own humility, accepting the fact that everything in this life is not promised to me to be perfect. And you ever heard somebody say, well, they think the world revolves around them. <laughs> and it seems like more and more there are more of us that think the world revolves around us. And maybe we just need a wake-up call to remind us that's not the case. And we're not promised that everything will be perfect all the time. So we need to be striving to do all things without complaining and disputing, as Philippians 2.14 tells us. And further to that, we need to be putting on the characteristics and the qualifications, um, the attitudes, the capabilities that will help us achieve that. In Colossians chapter 3, we're taught to seek the things that are above where Christ is at the right hand of God, to set our mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In verse 3 he says, we're to be changed people because of our relationship with Christ. And so then he goes on to say in verse 5, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. In verse 8, But now you yourselves are put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, verse 9, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. 
verse 10, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And we're to be different and to put off all these earthly characteristics. And then he tells us, beginning in verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. We've got to be willing to forgive, to bypass that opportunity to complain. So there's much that we need to do on our part to overcome the complaining and disputing that we may be in need of changing. Well, finally tonight, I really just want to remind you again of Philippians 2, verse 14. The command is do all things without complaining and disputing. I've got one last question to ask you tonight. Were you successful in that today? Or would you have to honestly say, no, Lance, I complained today. No, Lance, I argued with my brother, with my sister, with my neighbor. Or maybe you argued with God. Well, how about this? Let's make it a goal that tomorrow we do all things without complaining and disputing. The world would be a much more peaceful place without complaining and disputing. And some might say, well, Lance, how in the world are we going to teach the truth? How in the world are we going to correct the wrongs that are out there? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and I don't believe the Bible is teaching us that it would be easy either. But I can't argue with what Paul said here. And that is that for us as Christians, the effort is to be made to do all things without complaining and disputing. A high calling for a special people, God's people. And we need to strive to make it happen in every way that we can. I thank you very much for listening to this lesson. I hope that it's been good for you. And if so, I hope you'll take the time to share it with someone else. Will you pray with me tonight? Our Father in heaven, we humbly bow before you. So thankful that we can call upon you as our God and Father. So thankful, Father, that you are willing to forgive us a complaining, disputing, grumbling people. And we do beg your mercy and your forgiveness knowing that in this area we often come short. Father, we pray that you might help us do better day by day to complain less, grumble less, and to show our thankfulness and gratitude more, to show our willingness to forgive more, to show our willingness to extend grace and mercy more. to show our humility and appreciation more. Father, help us realize the great 
spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. And to realize that no matter how much we suffer in this life, heaven will be worth it all. Help us keep our eyes set on those things above and put to death the things that encumber us while we're here. Father, we pray especially tonight for those that are sick and suffering. We know that you have the ability to comfort and to heal. We do beg and plead and pray that you might heal all of those that are on our hearts and minds. But we also pray for your heavenly comfort for each of them as well. Father, help show us the way to be servants to one another. To ease the burdens. To help carry each other through. Father, we pray for leaders of our land and the world over that we might have peace. That we might have the freedom to continue to worship you. Father, we pray for leaders in your church. For our local elders, elders in every congregation around the world for all of those that are striving to lead and shepherd the flock in a way that's pleasing to you. Father, help us take the gospel to all the world that every knee may bow quickly before Jesus, that we may all have that home with you in heaven in the end. Forgive us, Father. We know we fail. Help us have the courage to do better. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.